Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another week of Women to Watch here at News Talk 1180. My name is Susan Rocco, and each week I get to sit down with a woman who's doing some wonderful things across the country, and in this case, uh, today internationally. I am thrilled to be joined by Claire Munn, CEO and founder of the Communication Group. Good morning, Claire. Good morning, Susan. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you for um, for joining us today. I'm I'm very happy that you had the time to do so. Um, before we get started, I want to I want to be clear. You actually have several titles, and for our listeners, so that they understand, um, you are a co-founder of uh, SockMeAcademy.com, which we will get into a little bit later. Uh, chairman at the Communication Group as well as CEO at TCGagency.com. Does that about cover everything? It does. It sounds very grand, but I'll explain. <laughs> Great. Um, the first thing I want to do is um, talk a little bit about your life growing up in Zimbabwe, which uh, I'm sure you're asked about quite often. Um, but for, for me and for our listeners here in a small town outside of Philadelphia, we're quite interested in what that was like for you. I, you know, it, a day doesn't really go by where I feel so blessed to have come from a country like Zimbabwe. Um, on my father's side, I believe I'm fourth generation. And on my mother's side, I'm first generation. And... It's, if you haven't been there, um, Zimbabwe was uh, Rhodesia, and before that, Northern Nyasaland. So it's just above South Africa. Um, it's very central, even though we call it Southern Africa. It's a, la- a country about the same size as Montana, with about 10 million people. And, you know, the white population was less than 5% at any given time. But there was one thing that we all shared in common, and it seemed to be this delight of um, being able to laugh at ourselves and communicate in a way that had a sense of humor and a commonality of compassion. Um, it was just it, it a really remarkable place. And I'm thrilled to say that I see that it's coming back um, from the troubles that it has gone through in the last 20 years. So I'm very excited about that. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Can you tell me a little bit about the actual town that you grew up in? What what was that like? Zimbabwe is, you know, it was the richest country in Africa. So Africa at any given time has around, you know, 50 plus, 54 countries. And we actually fed around 35 countries um, in Africa during the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And so there's two main cities, Harare, which was formerly Salisbury, and then Bulawayo, which is still called Bulawayo. And I was brought up in Harare. And if you Google that, you'll actually see skyscrapers. You know, I remember going to, when I traveled when I was young, my father um, had business overseas. You know, people would ask me whether I slept in trees and, you know, where did I go to the bathroom <laughs> and things like that. It, um, it actually looked very like a combination of um, San Francisco without the bay. You know, it's actually a very gorgeous-looking city, huge trees, um, beautiful parks. And, um, you know, I think because of our resourceful nature, having had sanctions brought about us and also um, going through natural disasters constantly, such as droughts, right. we were resourceful and environmentally thinking at a very early age, which I'm happy to see that this country um, is really starting to adopt in a big way. Right, as, as each, as, as each um, uh, you know, when natural disasters occur, then we are put in a position where we have to start thinking like that. It's interesting to me that as a youngster, you were exposed to that already, and um, were able to learn from that. Very much so. It was um, you know, sanctions. Zimbabwe. We had um, sanctions with Britain 
1964 to, I think it was through 1979, um, because Ian Smith at the time, um, he, he wanted independence from Britain. Um, it's called the Unilateral Declaration of Independence, UDI. And he, because of that, it didn't matter how wealthy you were, um, if there was no sugar in the country or candles or petrol, um, you know, you queued up like everybody else or you traded. So I remember at a very early age with um, neighbors swapping things. Um, there was the, the value over the counter became irrelevant. The value of the need and the, and the giving um, became the paramount. And I think... Um, I don't think, I actually know that that's influenced me heavily in the way I think about business, in the way that I think about um, communities. Right, right. You know, we talked a little bit about that last week, and um, I, I found that very interesting. Um, Claire, when I was reading um, about your, your bio and your background, and I learned that the education system in Zimbabwe interestingly enough, runs from January to December. So children are in school pretty much year-round, um, other than one month in February. And we talk about that a lot in this country, whether that's um, something we should move towards as opposed to these long summers off. And I wondered um, how you felt about that. I think, you know, the educational system, um, we, we had the British educational system. So we were on um, an O-level, um, um, M-level, and A-level system, which, and you know, we called it Form 1, 2, 3. Um, I, I think our educational system was excellent, um, even though I was not the best student. I was um, precocious and bored, but most of the time. And I, I look at children today, and I'm not sure if it's the educational system that needs to be addressed first. I think it actually might be the disciplinarian system that needs to be um, uh, considered with families um, and their children um, even before the educational system. I see children today um, saying things and doing things that I, would, I didn't even dream of saying. And, and I'm not saying go back to the draconian 1950s, the belt and, you know, savage behavior like that, but something does need to shift. And, um, and it, it might just, you know, it might mean bringing etiquette and manners and a level of respect for seniors back Absolutely. in. And that then might roll out into um, uh, more of the... Uh, curriculum um, that's enforced within schools because I think even teachers are scared of how to discipline a child today. You know, it seems to it seems to have rippled through everywhere here. Right. And I have five godchildren, and um, I'm very strict with them. And for some reason, they seem to still love me. So I don't think children are, um, are going to hate you for it. But I know that they're. You know, I'm not an expert in this. I I don't have children of my own, and I'm sure um, there are many reasons why we've we seem to have swung to the other side. But it does affect all our communication, which is what I'm personally interested in. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with that more. I think it really does matter. Um, you know, they say manners matter. And obviously, if, you, um, if you're brought up a certain way in the home, it carries over into the classroom for sure. So I think we have some work to do there. Did you have a favorite teacher? I did. I... Um, Professor Connie Zyman, I, I still think about her. Um, I was an odd child, and we had 11 people in my class. This was in Form 1, so that would make me um, 12, I believe. And each one of us children were equally as odd. And I remember um, Mrs. Zyman being able to hold our attention in a way that, in retrospect, was because she was like a physical form of multimedia. She really developed um, her class around different forms of um, expression. So we had, you know, she was an English teacher, so we would have um, a film playing in the corner of that particular book. We would have materials um, around that era, the blackboard, of course, um, the actual books themselves that we could lease 
through and she had multiple questions depending on how we like to receive the information. And it was there wasn't a moment where either we were bored or um, we didn't want to please her because we knew that she was trying to please us. And very few teachers did that. It was usually the same, you know, pedantic way of standing up in front of the blackboard, lecturing the class, and then asking the class to regurgitate back like monkeys. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I don't think our curriculum has changed much. So with the advance of technology, I'm saying in a positive way, I think we're at a stage now where we really can weave in different learning styles in a way that um, can capture um, uh, most of us odd beings out there. So, but that was really the only one, I would say. Of, and I'm very grateful for, for my education, but I would say she was the one that stood out the most by far. And, and it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that she did stick with you all these years. Teachers like that oh, are, yes, yeah, so valuable. Was it an all-girls school? Yes, I went to um, a boarding school, all-girls boarding school, and um, you know we had the uniforms and the voter hats, and the um, and I don't, you know, I, we didn't have drugs in the school. Um, I don't even think we had alcohol in the school. Smoking, yeah, I think the worst things that we did then was, you know, maybe try and wear makeup and maybe try and um, <laughs> roll our socks down. But you know, we weren't goody goodies. It wasn't bad. We seemed to, we seemed to get up to. No good, but it, it was a different kind of no good. Right. Harmless yeah. no good. <laughs> Annoying oh, no good. We were like right. mosquitoes. But, yeah. Right, right. I love that. Um, tell me, Claire, what, um, as a young girl, tell me what it was that you had always um, thought about doing when you grew up. Was there something, was it something um, other than what you're doing today as far as communications and marketing and was there something else you dreamed about? I always um, I always read a lot and wrote so I still write and um, and I was always very influenced by storytelling. Um, my father is a remarkable storyteller and um, my mother um, is very brilliant and also has the stories in a different way. So I knew I'd always be involved in writing in some form and travel and community service. I didn't really call it community service, but um, learning and sharing stories with different cultures and listening to my nannies at the time. And um, don't be offended with the term nannies, which is we revered our nannies tremendously. Um, it, I, I believe I'm really growing into my calling all along. I don't think I've, you know, swayed too much. I've, I might have fallen down the same hole a few times and wasted some time, but um, I feel, I don't feel lost in the path that I began on. Okay. And can you tell me what your, your very first job was as a youngster? My very first job was um, my grandmother was uh, chairman um, of some old age homes, and she would take me into these old age homes on um, weekends. And I think it was cleaning up um, Mr. Robertson's vomit, actually. Um, I remember that and remember it very well and remembered that I had been told not to wince or anything and listen to his stories and I remember getting over that very very quickly <laughs> and, and thinking um, uh, these people were remarkable and um, so I learned very very early on that you know we have a passage of time and our bodies might start giving way but um, if we have the ability to express and communicate um, even if we don't um, there was a level of respect Right. And then the second job was my father, and he, he was um, um, a publisher um, in Zimbabwe. Um, actually, did really well there, and he he would have us in summer holidays or Shiva holidays. We would go in and work in the different departments because he said, in order to run the mill, you need to know how the mill runs. And I remember 
overhearing him saying to one of the divisions, if I see you treating, you know, my children in any different way because they're my children, you, I will find that disrespectful. So, you know, we were there, we were packing up newspapers in the, in the heat of, I don't know what kind of heat, the back of vans, rolling around the place, and learning again very quickly, um, it didn't matter what job you held, you had to do it well. And it's, and then from there, you know, I, I think um, every job after that actually looked pretty, pretty, pretty wonderful. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was a great um, lesson in hard work. Yeah, your, your, it was. It your was. dad was smart to do that. <laughs> he was indeed. Can you tell me, Claire, how um, how old you were when you first came to the U.S.? I was twenty-four, and I had written a um, film and um, outline for a TV series and an educational game. And it was all based on the environment. Um, it was a little too early for people to understand what on earth I was saying. I had, seemed to have that problem. But he, um, Paramount picked it up. And so the next minute I was getting some very creative producers and um, uh filmmakers, and we, I had an enormous amount of fun, actually. Learned a lot. At a very um, young age. That's that's remarkable. Yes. I didn't, we didn't, I think maybe Zimbabwe has the um, propensity not to think in age. Um, so I didn't, and because of my father and the access that I had with businesses, um, to be honest, I, I didn't really appreciate the enormity of, I suppose, the luck or the, um, even the age at that time, I, I really didn't. So you just got stuck in, and and we did it, and um, I was very grateful. But I didn't, I didn't think anything of it at the time. Well, and that uh, to me, that I think that is remarkable at the age of twenty-four to have that kind of um, self-esteem. And and I'm wondering where you think that that came from. Um, just the confidence in yourself to know that you could do that, come to a different country and start something brand new and, and know that um, people were going to be accepting of it? Well, you know, I, what I do now is I really, one of the, the things I love most is to see, um, I do see the best in people for some reason. And I love to help jumpstart somebody's potential. Um, and the reason, probably the reason because of that is I was amazed that there were many people my age who did think it was odd that I was doing this. And um, I, my true belief is if you have really asked yourself um, what is it that you like to do and what is your intention and um, you know, keep your word as much as possible, um, you and surround yourself with other like-minded, positive people. Because I avoid negativity, I'm really allergic to negativity. So <laughs> I think if you, if you, I love that. <laughs> if you do, if you do that, that, and you, I think you allow yourself to have the ingredients um, to create your own recipe for success, and whatever success might mean to you. Right. Um, you know, some of my dearest friends who are brilliantly bright at school, success to them. Um, is, you know, they have three children and a, and a wonderful partner and uh, a lovely house and, uh, you know, philanthropy organization that they're involved in. Mm -hmm. And they are fantastic and they really feel very fulfilled. And um, I love seeing that. Right. And others, you know, um, you're a little more manic and crazy like me. Um, you know, I, I don't know when I'll feel truly successful, but I do feel most of the time um, fulfilled. So um, I think I'm doing the right thing. I think you are. <laughs> I get the sense that you are, Claire. Um, tell me who your um, biggest advocate is um, with, what, with everything that you do. Is there somebody in your life that you feel is really always there for your best interest and and why do you feel that way about that person? Well, I um, there's not one 
one individual person, but I would say um, on a family level, um, my family are really tremendous. They, they've never, I think they knew I was odd, um, you know, the day I popped out. But So they've <laughs> never, I've never felt judged ever by them. I've never felt as a woman that I couldn't do anything. I've never felt um, uh, frowned upon or, you know, some, if my personal relationships didn't work out or... Mm-hmm. I, I just I, as long as as long as I was happy and um, I feel I feel very held by them. Um, my grandmother, who passed away a few years ago, I think about daily. Um, she was a huge influence in my life, um, as were my nannies. And um, and then I I'm blessed to have dearest dearest friends. Um, my friends who become family um, and. You know, one of my best friends, um, I seem to do no wrong in her eyes, even though we can, you know, yell at each other um, about <laughs> things. But, you know, and that's Maria Bello. And she is, we, we share very similar work ethics where, you know, she's as nuts as I am doing a million things. But it's it's really about the love of it versus the um, the groan of it. Right, right, right. So, you know, and I'm hoping that you'll have, I know you were interested in having her on the show, and you'll you'll see her very different backgrounds, but at the same time a very similar um, path of of leading us to uh, both non-profit service as well as for-profit service. Right. How did your friendship with Maria come about? uh, Through Haiti, actually. Okay. So, um, you know, and I've done some work with Haiti. Haiti is, is, is really very similar to Africa, and it's down the street. So it's, um, you know, and I got involved with Haiti through Urban Zen, um, that's uh, Sonia Nuttall and Donna Karen, who are doing remarkable and are doing remarkable work there. And then uh, Maria and I met, and it was tick, 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 you know, from there, but within minutes we were, you know, doing 25 projects together. So you shared that it, in common. <laughs> oh, yeah. Immediately. And immediately. Yes. And, and what she's doing there is, is um, fantastic, and I'm hoping that that same model and template I'll be able to roll out um, to Zimbabwe. Uh, my brother, younger brother, is involved in the rebuild of Zimbabwe. Um, and so, you know, it's like learning, it's learning from each other, learning best practices, shortcuts, if you want to call them, um, supporting each other, making each other laugh, right. agreeing to disagree. Right. I think those are, the, those are the ingredients, I think, really necessary for good friendships and partnerships. That, that's wonderful. And I would be thrilled to have uh, Maria come into the studio at some point, or, or by phone, because I know she's all over. Um, we're well, gonna, she's a silly girl. She's she, a silly girl. I know, I know. Where our studio actually is just about five minutes from where she grew up. Well, there you go. And her, her belief um, friends are some of the most, and family are some of the most remarkable down-to-earth people I've ever met. So oh. we, we are. <laughs> we really are. As are you, Claire. Um, we're <laughs> going to take a, a quick moment uh, for our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with you in a few minutes. Thank you. Okay, thank you. From Willow Grove to Westchester, Pottstown to Philadelphia, it's News Talk 1180 WFYL. Wagmore Next Door is Skip Back Animal Hospital's latest addition to help meet the needs of your pet. We are the only animal hospital in the Skip Back and surrounding area now providing a doggy day camp and one-stop shopping for your pet's exercise and fun. Have you ever come home after a long day at work to find that your dog has eaten your favorite pair of underwear or socks, destroyed parts of your home, or shoplifted an entire chicken from the kitchen countertop? Leaving your dog home alone can be dangerous and life-threatening. Wagmore Next Door is fully supervised and operated by trained animal professionals. Here your dog will run and play with other dogs. Obedience training is also available and very popular. Your dog will go home tired, content, and happy. We have many packages to choose from to accommodate your work schedule, vacation schedule, and out-of-town schedule. For information, please call us at 610-584-6300 
or you can visit our website, skipbackanimalhospital.com. You can also check out our Facebook page. We can't wait to see you. At Bluebell Physical Therapy, our goal is to get you back in the game, back to work, and back to your normal way of life. Our highly respected team provides preventative and rehabilitation services from everyday physical and occupational therapy to post-operative rehab of your knees, shoulders, or spine. Bluebell Physical Therapy focuses on achieving each patient's maximum level of recovery. Bluebell Physical Therapy, the treatment you need for the therapist you trust. Want your home to look great for company from out of town, moving to a new place, or just want the satisfaction of a clean, healthy home? Whatever your reason, everybody needs to clean. So why not choose the line of cleaning tools that makes your task easier? Quickie is your one-stop cleaning solution with everything you need to get the job done right. Whether you're cleaning one room or the whole house, Quickie has the right tool for you. It doesn't matter if you prefer a more traditional mop and bucket or if you'd like to save time with a new Quickie spray mop. Quickie has everything you need to get the job done. Founded in Philadelphia 60 years ago, Quickie's commitment to quality and value have helped it grow into the number one cleaning tool company in America. It's Quickie and it's clean. Look for Quickie products at Home Depot, Lowe's, Walmart, ShopRite, and other fine retailers near you. Get your skinny water today at Acme. Great taste, zero guilt. And see how delicious a zero-calorie enhanced with vitamins and electrolytes can be. Because taste matters, doesn't it? Try skinny water today at Acme. Is your online store cluttering your house and garage with your product? Does it require you to spend all your free time shipping packages, leaving you no time to work with new customers or develop new marketing initiatives? Now is the time to free up your space and time and let ABC Fulfillment provide you with cost-effective warehousing, order processing, and shipping for your products. Our 20,000-square-foot warehouse is conveniently located in Ambler, PA. ABC Fulfillment is a 100% woman-owned and operated business and has helped many small and mid-sized businesses solve their warehousing and order processing problems. We pride ourselves on our attention to detail, as well as our excellent customer service. When you call us, you will always speak with someone who can help you solve your problem and not be asked to leave a message. Our personal touch and expertise separates us from the rest. Last year, we shipped over 150,000 packages for our customers, including order processing and shipping for the Jill Steals and Deals segment of the Today Show saving our customers both time and money. If you would like to spend more time finding new products to sell, reaching new customers, and marketing your products, now is the time to call ABC Fulfillment. Please call 215-628-3154 and ask for Eileen or Lisa to help you get started. News Talk 1180 WFYL, streaming live at 1180WFYL.com. For the better part of me. Hello, everybody. We're back with Claire Munn from, uh, she is, I'm sorry, CEO and founder of the Communications Group. Claire, do we have you? Yes, you do. Okay, thank you. Um, I wanted to, this half of the show, I really want to get into what it is that your company does and and all the wonderful things that um, you've started, um, both here in the U.S. and really internationally. Um, And for our listeners, if if I could say in a brief sentence what it is that you do, um, I read that you described yourself as a brand and social media strategist. It does that kind of sum it up, or is that just a little bit of what you what you do? Um, yes, I would say that that's what I do, and we we've helped over the last eight years with. The communication group, which is the umbrella company, it has four different divisions. But the one division is PCG Agency, which helps set 
brands up um, from Fortune, you know, 500 brands to startup brands to individuals and NGOs um, to have an intelligent digital presence. And what does that mean? It means it's a website that actually reflects what you um, really are trying to say so that people who you are trying to say it to want to buy your services. Um, and it allows your website to be built in a way that you can um, very efficiently change it and also connect to mobile and any other social media applications without it being a hassle. So um, we've been doing that for eight years and technology actually works now so it's become easier and easier um, to do this if you actually understand how to do it. And then the other division is um, a jumpstart agency called Social Presence, and that's really for um, individual entrepreneurs and or emerging markets like Haiti, for example. Um, so it's a lot less cost because they're going to be doing the majority of the work themselves. Right. Um, and, and then another is a training um, division, which I'm very excited about because my whole, um, my personal motivation is you know, I'm proud that we can uh, catch the fish for you and even cook it and feed it to you. But um, the thing that turns me on the most is uh, providing you the fishing pole. And never has there been um, a need um, that I've known about um, where it's more essential now than ever um, if we look at the unemployment rates and we look at the uh, rates of redundancy that's happening in organizations because they don't have certain skill sets. Right, right. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm really focused on. And, I mean, that is really your passion, you have um, stated, is to jumpstart that entrepreneurial spirit, um, and it is essential right now. And I, I wonder, you know, we live in um, such a world where we have um, – constant information overload. I know for me, I struggle with that on a daily basis. And I wonder um, if you have advice for people on how we go through our day, kind of um, in our work day, deciphering the important stuff from um, all of the, the clutter, um, trying to organize, you know, what it is that's coming at us and what we should take advantage of and what we should just let go, I guess. Well, I think, um, you know, I don't know how most people are doing it today. I really don't. I look at, um, no matter what your job position is, um, or if you're a stay-at-home mother, um, it, it, it doesn't matter. You, I, I don't know anyone who isn't busy. Right. I don't know anyone who isn't um, grappling with the same questions. So... You know, if I just look at myself and how, and I, I'm not officially diagnosed ADD. I mean, my brothers would say, I don't know why I'm not officially diagnosed in multiple of things. But, <laughs> um, I, I have a very hard time myself um, just waking up and saying, okay, what are my, what are my intentions today? What is it that I really want to be getting done today? And how do I carve up my time? So for me to walk my own talk, I also find it difficult, but I'm, I'm learning. And I think, um, I don't know if people, you know, um, are interested in meditation or they're interested or they go for a run or if they even have the time to do that. And if they don't, I would just ask yourself in the shower, really, what would make me feel good today to actually have achieved? And if it's connecting with some family on Facebook, for goodness sake, do that. If it's connecting with five people who are going to help you um, you know, sell the car that you've been asking your partner to be selling for the last five years, do that. So with, through technology, you can actually measure what you are doing and you can track by tracking what you are doing. And I think that that's, um, that's a way to put it as a positive versus being intimidated by it. Um, so that's a that's a long answer, and it's probably not a one two three answer, but it's it but it's meant to be compassionate because I think we're all just struggling right well, now. Right. Well, but obviously you're you're doing something right uh, with regard to that because you have accomplished so much, and I don't think um, anyone can do that without being um, 
quite organized and I guess setting goals. Um, so I love that you say it's it may be just enough to wake up each day and set one goal for yourself that day. Um, so y- you'll you'll feel good at the end of the day if you've been able to accomplish that one thing. Yes, I do. And I, you know, through our training, um, if I look back and I see how Zimbabwe influenced me, you know, locals in Zimbabwe knew what they needed the most, right? So um, in Haiti, it's the same thing. They know what they need. If I look at us in America, and I'm proud to be an American citizen, if I look at us in America, we know what we need. We need jobs, right? We need relevant skill sets. We need people to recognize that we are trying to do the best we can. And we need information, um, training information that's going to be delivered to us that's really cost-effective and really concise because we don't have the time. Right. So, So that's what my partners and I have been working on. And over the next six months, as we're in production, through Sock Me Academy, which is short for social media, we are creating a level one, two, and three certified um, training program, which is going to be the price of a song. And therefore, anyone who can afford a song, to buy a song, that's $2.99 on average, um, will be able to download these modules on their smartphones, on their laptops, on their iPads. And so that we also reach the um, people who don't have smartphones, but they have phones, um, I've also co-founded We Advance University with Maria Bello, which is part of her weadvance.org nonprofit. And using Haiti as a model, we're creating this um, um, university system where through text and a radio show and using sheets at screens and many projectors, we're going to be providing um, relevant training to people, to women in Haiti for crisis education, such as hygiene, such as, um, you know, dreadful things like I've just been raped, where's the nearest center I can go to? Um, I've just been hit, where's the nearest center I can go to? So, you know, we're very excited about this, and we can take this globally across the world. And um, that's so for me. For the first time in my career, I feel like I'm not selling futures. I'm actually selling something that is number one works through technology. Number two is needed. Right. Um, you know, go figure. We invent all these things, and no one actually even needs them. And number three <laughs> is 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 really cost-effective and timely, so we can do it on a mass scale. Right. And it is about jump-starting people's potential. It is about, I do not believe that entrepreneurs are born. I believe that entrepreneurs are made. I believe that everybody um, has a passion. And I believe that um, this is a time when we can actually all stop relying on government, even though today you know, is voting day, you're recording me on voting day, and I'm very happy about that. <laughs> um, I believe it's it's time for us to um, realize that there's so much we can do, even if it's selling, you know, the pottery that we have in our garage. Right. So that's that's where we're coming from. I think it's wonderful. And it's, it's this um, academy is launching in the spring, is that right? Yeah, I would say late spring because we're going to do a thorough beta testing and we're now just um, deciding on which languages um, we're going to be rolling out. And um, uh, it's, you know, we're talking to social impact investors right now to scale it. And it's, um, but I would say it's going to be April, May next year. And in the interim, we we provide in-person training, uh, which happens from New York and um, England. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Claire, yeah, I am too, actually. It's, it's great. Tell me a little bit about the um, Green Prepare program, um, another, you know, another program that teaches um, people how to become greener with their companies. Um, in, I can't remember the year, I'm afraid. I'm bad with time. 
but I think it might have been five, six, seven years ago. Uh, we were certified. We were we won the um, first fifty green certified agencies in San Francisco, and um, I remember going through the process and thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is the most laborious, costly." process I've ever gone through, and it's intimidating, it's annoying. Um, I apologize to everybody who, who invented that first process, but it just was, <laughs> it was laborious. And I um, started to look at it and thought, well, how do we simplify that? Because really, at the end of the day, that's, that's what um, we do. We simplify complicated stuff. Right, right. Um, and so we started to look at it, and came up with just a several steps that people could start to take with, if they didn't mind not getting the big accolade of being, you know, LEED certified or even green certified. So we call it green prepare. So just prepare yourself and show them from the most basic how they could, um, you know, use different bin liners, different soaps, different blue papers, you know, all the toilet papers. And, um, hired someone, um, Ned Clark, who's a wonderful uh, young man, and he that was his full job. So he would go around pro bono, and I mean, we went to large corporations like McKesson, Organic, Dwell, and they, uh, I think even Sierra Club, we, were, we went through their stuff, and helped them in a non-intimidating way see that they could at least feel good internally about taking some steps before they did the very large cost, costly effects. Right. And that's still on our website, you know, tcgagency.com at the bottom, I think it is, that uh-huh. green prepare. So you can download that, anybody, for free. And um, it just made us feel good, I suppose. Well, I think that's something, Claire, that you, uh, you and your company do very well, and that is to take very complicated things and kind of break them down into individual steps for people um, so that, again, they're not overwhelmed um, and and they are feeling on a daily basis that they're accomplishing something. Yeah, I think if if we don't, if we don't feel we're accomplishing anything, I think that's when, you know, a lot of stuff, for me anyway, that starts to set in where um, just, you don't even have to call it as dramatic as depression, but you start to just feel um, low, and our vibration levels definitely increase when we feel we've done anything. Um, I mean, thank gosh, we all wake up and we realize we have to do something as simple as brushing our teeth, so it starts with at least a step, but it's, um, you know, we've got the step, our curriculum for Sockney is all based on something we uh, call zero through ten, and every Every problem we tackle, we follow the zero through ten uh, curriculum, and it's it helps enormously. And internally, if we don't follow it, we mess up. So you know, as people start to come, um, students of SOCNI, they will very quickly be able to implement this process, which is common sense um, and non pedantic and easy for us to follow. And by the way, on that note, uh, Susan, I, I want to make it clear that this is not a dummy's guide. Um, as much as I respect the success of the dummy's guide, um, I do not believe in dummies. I don't, be, I don't believe in anybody being called a dummy unless you're calling yourself you know, an idiot sometimes in laughter. I just don't believe in that approach. I think most most of us are intelligent. Most of us want to be spoken to the same way, no matter who we are. Mm-hmm. And um, so we've created this in a style that's um, elegant, um, concise, matter of fact, no BS, no big marketing flash bells and whistles, um, so that we can just get what we need in, in a manner that um, I believe uh, all of us want to be spoken to. Well, I love that. I really do. It, um, and as you were speaking about that, you reminded me, um, of, you mentioned uh, disliking analysis paralysis. And um, I wonder if you can t- talk to the listeners a little bit about what that means to you. Well, you know, I believe in data. I believe um, that we 
um, you know, if we take our personal data, we just look back and we say, wow, um, it could be something as silly as, um, gosh, I can't believe I still feel tired. And uh, then you look back and you realize, well, I haven't exercised for two weeks and I have no, uh, I haven't been working on my energy or, um, you know, we, we, most of us who are fortunate enough to be healthy um, can look at some of the very basic things that we can change in our, in our lives. Um, so that to me is, is personal data, right? And I agree with business data. You can go back and you can say, well, that campaign didn't work or um, that um, messaging didn't work or that packaging didn't work because of the feedback. But when I see consulting firms going in and providing at a very high price binders of research for companies who paid an enormous amount of money for that. I know for a fact, because in my last company, I paid a company um, an enormous amount of money to do that for me. Susan, I don't think I ever looked at that binder, not because I didn't respect the information. I didn't have the time for the information. So anybody who's providing research today or data today, I beg of you to, to summarize it in a way that is concise, factual, uh, sound bites. Yes. Then yes. it becomes non-paralysis because the minute paralysis sets in is when you look at this and you say, there is no way I'm going to get through that. It's the same as a marathon. If, if the trainer said to you day one, all right, for your marathon next year, this is here are 50,000 things you have to change in order to happen for that marathon. You're not going to ever do the marathon. Right, right. You're immediately intimidated. Immediately. So, um, you know, it's, it's, again, it's timing, it's, um, it's respect for your audience, it's respect for your audience time, um, and it's also stop the BS, you know, stop trying to hide data in a whole bunch of uh, additional data just to look as if you've done an important thing. Just it's like reading it. a contract. <laughs> Which I, I had know, to do this <laughs> pages and pages and pages, uh-huh. and I just uh-huh. hand it to my to my brother, the attorney, and say, "Do this for me because I'm overwhelmed." Exactly, and it should oh. just be one sentence. I agree and I disagree. That's fine on paper. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, right. I I agree with so much of what you're saying, Claire. I just love it. Um, we have a few minutes left, and and I think what I'd like to ask is the women that are listening, and again, I, I hope that there's men and women listening, but but this show is about women, and um, I wonder what, if you could pick one thing that you would hope that they would have taken from this interview with you, what would that be? A sense of knowing that you can do this, um, whatever this is to you. Once you figure out what this is to you, um, you can make sure that your business your um, project um, can actually be packaged um, around a strategy that you yourself can build and implement, and it can be enjoyable. Um, And I think, please just remember, you know, this country was built on the DNA of um, immigrants, and thank goodness for that. Um, Immigrants have the most resourceful, creative, uh, collaborative um, uh, sensibilities. And, you know, there's a reason why so many people want to live in this country, and it's not because of big cars and big houses. It's, it is because of the sense of um, mixed communities and cultures. And so, you know, no matter what happens with the government right now, I think a sense of self-pride, patriotism, um, versus us and them um, is something I would love us all to remember. I think that's very well said. Um, and Claire, I um, first of all, I'm so appreciative of your taking the time with me today. Um, I know how busy you are, and I thoroughly enjoyed this hour. Um, I'm wondering if there's any, uh, do you have an interest in giving out your contact information if there's someone listening that wants to um, gather information from you or be involved in any of the organizations that you're running? Absolutely. If you, um, if any of you are LinkedIn people, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's 
Claire, C-L-A-R-E-M-U-N-N, and or on uh, Twitter, Claire Nunn. Um, I actually do manage my own Twitter. And on Facebook, I think it's Claire Nunn CQ. Um, and I, I do love learning and engaging with people, and I apologize if I don't get back immediately. I do talking engagements, too, so if, if anyone is interested, um, please let me know, and if it works out, it would be super. But again, you know, um, I learn a lot from questions that people ask, and I, I really appreciate that. And Susan, thank you for your show. I think it's, um, it's terrific. Oh, thank- um, I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Claire. Do you have any, any plans to come to Philadelphia anytime soon? You know, I, I do. I tend to um, uh, probably, actually, hopefully within the next few months, I hope to be there. I really, I really love the town. I was in Atlantic City as well not so long ago for an event, and then in Seattle. I'm so sorry, um, all of you, of, of you know what you've been going through through the hurricane, but I wasn't at all surprised to see how everybody just helped each other. Yes, um, you definitely. You have a remarkable spirit. It's, it's amazing. We do. And New York is a mess. You know, my offices are still closed, even though oh. the power's back on. How it's is it in California months. today? California is beautiful, and actually I'm starting to feel a bit guilty that I've been stuck here this entire time, but I, um, California is is gorgeous, and I and really trying to help New York. So right. again, you know, state by state, we're all, we're all trying to do our little thing. That's right. That's right. Well, um, thank you again, Claire. And please keep us posted if you do come to the Philadelphia area. I would love to meet you in person. I would love to do that, Susan, definitely. And we'll get the Slockney thing going. Um, I'm sure that you'll be able to um, move that. And remember, by the way, with Slockney, when you're buying Slockney modules, you will be buying modules um, for We Advance You. So instead of buying trinkets, it actually we're going to be matching modules as well for people who can't afford it. So okay. I think that that's going to be exciting too. That's great. Super. Listen, you have a All great right. day and enjoy the sun. You deserve it. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, gang, that's the end of the show today. And um, let me give you my information if you're listening and you have an interest in coming on the program. You can reach me by email at srocco233 at gmail or feel free to give me a call at 215-313-5561. Get out and vote.